Hi everybody. Happy St. Paddy's weekend. I hope you all had a wonderful time yesterday. And because of the weekend that's in it, here's something different. Watching everyone walk by me, noses to the glass. No one takes the time to say hello. When the day is over and all the lights go out, I bathe in the shadows from the flickering of the moon. Sometimes I wonder what it would be like to live inside their heads. Sometimes I wonder. Break free.
I was asked recently, when and how is it appropriate to go back into your past? Well, the simple answer to that for me is that you have to go back into it all the time, not 24-7. But, for example, if I want to change how I am today or how I behave or how I think, well, first I have to find out where I got my thinking in the first place. The only way to do that is to go back into the past and see where it started. And we all know we spend a huge amount of time and effort trying to avoid change. Now, the problem with that is that inevitably it will catch up with us. And it'll catch up with us when we're starting a new job or moving into a different house or ending a relationship or even starting a relationship or the loss of a loved one. Look, life is change. We know that. No matter what we do, there will be change in it. No matter where we are, there will be change in it. And how we experience these changes will depend on where we're at at any given time. It will have an effect on our physical and mental health. Now, those changes can either be positive or they can be negative. Sometimes we know the change is going to occur and at other times we don't. Some come unexpectedly and really suddenly, like a loss or a disappointment. But at the same time, it can be a wonderful surprise. And as I've said, we all spend time and energy just avoiding change. So what do we have to do then? How will we learn how to cope? How can we learn how to lower our risk levels? especially around our anxiety and depression. Remember, it'll also enhance and flourish our relationships. And here's the best thing. Our body will also feel much healthier. But if we can't cope with change, or we become overwhelmed, or at least feel overwhelmed in life, we will struggle, especially around meeting or setting our goals, and our goals specifically for ourselves. I think there's another word for being able to cope with change, and I also think it's called resilience. I think you might have heard of that. But here's the thing. In order for us to move forward in our life and be able to cope with change, we have to know what causes our inability to change or our dislike to it. And where are you going to find that out? Except in your past. So it is necessary at times to look into your past in order to be able to change. Now, having said that, when you're trying to look into the past in order to move forward, there are four things that you need to remember. One, what is your current ability to function on a daily basis? Two, what's your level of preoccupation with past events? Number three, are there indicators that your past experiences are interfering with your current behaviour or thought pattern? And four, have you taken steps to heal your past? Okay, so let's take a quick look at each one of these. So what is your current availability to function on a daily basis? Well, if you're functioning okay, then there's not much point in digging into your past. At least not that much. However, if you're not functioning well on a daily basis, this might suggest that you have to stop and take a look at your experiences from the past. And when I talk about not functioning well on a daily basis, I'm talking about being depressed or anxious or being irritable over something silly or having problems in your relationships. You know, where you can't focus on the present then you have to go back and see, well, why not? Number two, what's your level of preoccupation with past events? So, for example, if you're focusing too much or too little on the past, this might suggest that it would be worth having a look at. I mean, if you're constantly living in the past, well, seriously, you really need help with it because if you're repeatedly going over the negativity about experiences from the past, then you have to do something about it because it's going to affect who you are today. 
But if you're focusing very little on it, or even thinking about it very little, and you're going to huge efforts to avoid thinking about them, or even talking about them, well, you might need to go back there and have a little look and see what was going on then, and why you're avoiding it in the first place. Number three. Are there indicators of your past experiences that are interfering with your current behaviour? Now, these are indicators that might include having a strong negative or emotional or behavioural reaction when you think about something from the past or when something from the past is triggered. If these indicators are present, then they suggest that you might actually benefit from looking at your past experiences and how you reacted to them back then. Number four, have you actually taken steps to heal the past? Or have you just ignored it completely? Now, this is kind of an obvious one. Either you have healed from the past or you haven't. And if you haven't, then you're going to behave the same way as you did when you were a child or a teenager or even a young adult. And that's not always a good thing. And remember, I'm talking about the negative side to these experiences from your past. Like if you haven't done any work on healing from the past, then you're going to be triggered in the present. And if you're triggered in the present, you cannot live towards gaining your goals for your future. Because every time the past is triggered, you're going to behave out of that instead of you behaving out of the present person that you are. And if any of you have looked at self-help books or listened to any motivational speakers or have done any personal development programs, you're more likely going to have different opinions on whether or not you should go into your past or not. If any of you have done psychotherapy, you will understand the reasoning behind going into your past and having a look at how we reacted or responded in the past to where we are today and how we respond or react in the present. Now, as for me, from a very personal point of view and having been in psychotherapy, both from a client perspective and a therapist perspective, for me, my thought around it is that it is absolutely a necessity to look back over your past in order to learn how to heal and to heal anything that, whether it's small, medium or large, in order to be able to be 100% present in the here and now. Am I 100% present in the here and now? Not a chance. None of us are. But each time I heal something from my past, I'm going to be more in the present, which will free me up into looking at my future and doing something about gaining my own goals. So if you want to hear something different, that is, that there's no reason to go back to your past, then you might as well stop listening now. Because to me... Who I am today is where I've come from in my past. And all the experience I've had, all the events that have happened to me in my life, it is what made me who I am today. And if I want to change something for my future, then I need to find out where it's coming from. And I can only do that by going into the past. Now, looking at your past doesn't always mean going back to your childhood or the age of three or four or five or whatever. It just means going back to a moment in time where you began to feel that low self-esteem or insecurity in the first place and then healing that part. Another way of looking at this is where does our anxiety and fearfulness or stress levels come from? Where's the root? Now, if I want to change my anxiety or my stress levels, then I have to figure out my behaviour. And most of my behaviour will come from where I've been. So as I said... If you want to tell me that you don't need to go into your past, then fine, off you go. Have a nice life. You'll never ask yourself, what can I do to change my future? Especially if I'm unhappy with it. If you never question why you behave the way you behave, or why you're nasty to people, or why you get angry with people, or why do you feel a lack of self-esteem when people you feel look down on you, 
or who don't listen to you or who don't recognize your voice, your inner self, or your voice isn't heard, then don't bother looking at it. And if that's how you want to be, I'll see you in my practice. I will have a slot available when you're ready. should you focus on your past? Well, there's no right or wrong answer to that because any time spent on your past should be focused on clarifying the way in which you behave or the way in which you think. Where did I get my first idea that I wasn't a good person or I'm not worth knowing or why am I settling for a relationship that's toxic or a work environment that's toxic? These are the type of questions that we need to go back and have a look at. Where did I get my understanding that it was okay to put up with this? I need to be able to find those messages that are inbuilt in me from my past experiences. Let me ask you a question. 
How many of you still believe in the Tooth Fairy? When did you learn that there was no such thing as the Tooth Fairy? Now, if you're a person who has children, do you tell your kids about the Tooth Fairy when they lose a tooth? Why do you do that? Especially if you don't believe in it anymore. When we learn new information such as there is no such thing as the Tooth Fairy, you don't go on and continue to believe it. Or do you? No. You'll make an adjustment and move forward with your life, without regret and without feeling, oh my God, the Tooth Fairy doesn't exist anymore, he doesn't love me. Imagine what somebody who has had to have all their teeth removed and wonders what no more Tooth Fairy for me means. When we take a look over our life and go back into our past, what are the questions I should be asking? Here are a few that might help. Number one, what are the moments in the past year that have had an impact on me? Try making a list of your defining moments in the past year and how you have portrayed the real you. What impact did those moments have for you? And did they back you up? Did they help you? Try sitting with those times and see what they meant to you. Number two, who are the people that you have encountered that made an impact on your life? What did you learn from them? We know that some of those that we can meet over our lifetime can have a huge impact on us, especially our parents and our family or our best friend. And then other people don't. Try making a list of those that you have met in the last year and what you've learned from them. What was it that they said to you that influenced you? What way have they changed you? Number three, what did I succeed in? What have been my biggest accomplishments in the last year? Now, when I talk about your biggest accomplishment, I'm not talking about how I saved the world or how I saved somebody from drowning. You might have. But I'm talking about the everyday things that maybe you wouldn't have achieved before, that suddenly you've mastered. It's not about what you do, but how much effort it took to get you there to complete it. Was it a result of pure stubbornness or determination or a little bit of luck? What was the risk and how did I succeed? Where did that come from? Number four, what did I fail in? What didn't work for me this year? Where did I make my mistakes? Here's a little technique for you to try. Fold a page in half and on one side of the fold put your failures and on the other side of the fold put the lessons you've learned from those failures. Remember that failing is not always a negative thing but it is always a learning. One of the basic steps to success to remember to write a thank you at the end of your learned lesson. Number five. How did you treat yourself this year with regards to either your physical health, your mental health or your spiritual health, or your emotional health. How is it that you don't make yourself a priority in your life? We all know that when we're stressed or anxious, well, the rest of our body is going to be malnourished and therefore seriously be unproductive. So what have you been doing to nourish all parts of yourself without avoiding any part of yourself, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional? Make a list of where you look after yourself. Maybe make a list under the different headings. What am I doing for my mental health? What am I doing for my physical health? What am I doing for my emotional health? But don't forget your spiritual health. Remember, if you miss one part of who you are, then you're going to be out of balance. Number six, how can I improve? (laughs) Well, remember that every small thing leads to a bigger thing. So if you take that in hand into your mind, so every good self-care thing that you do, no matter how small, it will lead into a bigger improvement. So if you decide to go for a 10-minute walk for the next week, you might actually discover that you increase it by another five minutes in three weeks' time. 
Now, ultimately, that will lead on to having good heart, your joints will feel better and you might even lose weight, which in the long run will have a better outcome for your health. Number seven. And here's the big question. What do I need to stop doing? What's not working for you? Maybe I need to stop saying yes to everybody. Maybe I need to stop worrying about what other people think of me. Maybe I need to stop overthinking things. Maybe I need to stop taking the risks and just go for it. In other words, maybe I need to stop putting things off or procrastinating. Maybe I need to stop living in somebody else's life and start living my own and being the person that I'm meant to be and not worrying about what other people should be. Try making out a list of what you need to stop and what action you need to take in order to complete it. Because what you want to do is to eliminate the negativity in your life. And here's the final one, which is extremely important. What am I grateful for? Try listing all the things that you're grateful for. Is it your family? Is it your help in certain things worked out in a relationship? Is it the relationship itself? Are you happy somebody made you a cup of tea this morning? Are you happy that you were able to stay in bed an extra hour? Although we will be at the end of March. Or do we lose an hour at the end of March? Hmm, Can't remember. Maybe somebody will tell me. Are you grateful for the times you were able to make a difference in your life or in somebody else's life? I recently heard the phrase neutralising dysfunctional messages, but it's specific to the message that have been left to us. By neutralising the dysfunctional messages from our past, it will help us to redefine who we really are without putting limits or restrictions on ourselves. Our world will become much wider and our interactions with that wider world will give us a chance to fulfil whatever it is we need to fulfil. Basically what I'm talking about is when you look into your past, you'll recognise misinformation. When you look into your past and recognise this misinformation, you will then have a choice to eliminate it or to keep that misinformation. And when we explore our past and recognise that misinformation, we acknowledge without judgement the emotional skills that we may not have, but we are now aware of. And this will give us a whole lot of knowledge about the whole of us to be present to everything around us and to be able to move forward in a different way, in a more positive way, should we choose it. Stay well, my friends. Stay safe. Namaste.